This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now today I'm going to be reading uh, from verse 8 of Seneca's 11th letter on the blush of modesty, but this is kind of the portion of the letter where he's signing off the letter and giving a quote that he thinks is important and giving us something else to think about. And man, you know, this this part of this letter is one of my favorite moments in Seneca's writings, uh, because it, it's such an important lesson that he teaches, and one I think that is not only, uh, you know, helpful for us in, our, in terms of our personal growth in our life and in terms of our character development, uh, but I, I think it's actually 100% necessary. I think it is a requirement uh, if we want to really make uh, some incredible Incredible progress in the way that we feel and the way that we think and the way that we perceive the world around us. So uh, I'm going to dive in and start reading and, uh, and we'll see what we find, like usual. So he says the following, quote, Cherish some man of higher character and keep him ever before your eyes, living as if he were watching you and ordering all your actions as if he beheld them. Such, my dear Lucius, is the counsel of Epicurus, He has quite properly given us a guardian and an attendant. We can get rid of most sins if we have a witness who stands near us when we are likely to go wrong. The soul should have someone whom it can respect, one by whose authority it may make even its inner shrine more hallowed. Happy is the man who can make others better, not merely when he is in their company, but even when he is in their thoughts." And happy also is he who can so revere a man as to calm and regulate himself by calling him to mind. One who can so revere another will soon be himself worthy of reverence. Choose, therefore, a Cato, or if Cato seems too severe a model, choose some Laelius, a greater spirit. Choose a master whose life, conversation, and soul-expressing face have satisfied you. Picture him always to yourself as your protector of your pattern. For we must indeed have someone according to whom we may regulate our characters. You can never straighten that which is crooked unless you use a ruler. Farewell. End quote. All right, so Seneca does it again with some strong words of wisdom, you know, just packed full of goodness, and I'm looking forward to diving into that a bit deeper, but... I guess first I wanted to look at my own life and share my own experience, which has been that I'm very grateful that for some reason or another, you know, it it definitely has to do with the way that my parents raised me, uh, the church that I grew up in, you know, the community that I was involved in. Uh, I was very, very fortunate in my life to be be guided by people who taught me that one of the best ways that I can, you know, grow and experience life to the fullest is to pick the people who I thought were worthy of emulation, pick the people who I thought were honorable and good people, and to try and become more like they are, you know, and I I think that uh, this, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right, because when you start doing this, 
it it can kind of be fake, right? You know, I, I went through many stages, as I think many people do when they're young, where, you know, one day you're like this and you're trying to be like this person, then the next you're trying to be like that person. I think when you start picking role models and trying to emulate them, it's it's kind of like a like a, 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 a pinball machine, right? You know, you're kind of flying all over the place, never really know where you're going to go next, but you kind of pick this person and then you pick that person and you try to be like this and you try to be like that because you're, you're trying to figure something out. You're trying to figure out life and, you know, that takes people their entire lifetime to figure out. But, well, maybe not even that, but, but hopefully what happens and certainly what has happened for me is that as you keep on reaching out and trying and, and, and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't and seeing who is truly honorable and, and, and seeing who is worthy of, of admiration and, and of, of replication, I guess, uh, you know, as you do more of that, you start to narrow your vision and you start to get a really clear idea of exactly what it is that you're moving towards or that would be good for you. Because, like I said, it's a double-edged sword because at the start, you can kind of jump around a whole bunch and, and you can really go in the opposite direction to who you truly are inside. You know, you have to match. Uh, I, I guess this is something that we always do. We, we, we have to match uh, the, the two worlds of our internal nature, the person who we truly are, and also the person who society expects us to be because we all live in a community. You know, we can't just shun the community and, and not be a part of it. We have to play that game too. Uh, but we have to play that game in such a way that we bring out the best of ourselves, who we truly are as well. And so it's a careful game that we have to play in terms of picking a role model, model who is, is you know, honorable and admirable and, and worthy of emulation, who is also somewhat similar to, to us in, in terms of our disposition and our, and, and our uh, personality, right? Somebody who we can relate to, uh, who will enable us to awaken the parts of ourself uh, that, that, that are naturally who we are, but we just haven't come to terms with yet. And, I, and as I said, I think that we get better at that over time. And I've certainly noticed that in the past few years, I have uh, been really narrowing my focus and, and finding these people. Um, you know, Seneca is definitely one of these people. Jordan Peterson is another. These people who I think, if I could just learn to think how they think and to see the world how they see the world and to live my life with the kind of um, the, 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 the character that I see within them, right? Or in, in the case of Seneca in, in his writings, if I could just do that, you know, imagine what I could achieve over the rest of my life. Imagine who I could become over the rest of my life. Uh, and, and like Seneca says in here, imagine the person uh, who I could be in terms of uh, to other people. Imagine the person, the influence that I could have on other people if I was able to embody some of these principles who, that, that I really admire in other people. And so I've lasered my focus and I really have found the benefit that Seneca outlines in here, which is that you feel as though you have a responsibility. You feel as though you have a duty to the person who you're trying to emulate uh, to live your life in a better way and to show up in a different way uh, that, that enables you to bring forth the absolute best of yourself. And that's not to say that I'm perfect and that's not to say that I'm anywhere near where I could be or should be in terms of developing my character and developing uh, who it is that I am and, and what I contribute to the world but I know that I'm on the right path, right? Because, because I see the results from what I'm implementing. I see the results from what I'm learning. And I see the results from 
picking these people and saying, this is really who I would love to, to, to think like and be like if I could be anything, right? Uh, and like I said, the very important part as well is you have to find those people who are, are just enough like you that you can relate to them and see how that would be something that you naturally would be inclined to move towards. So anyway, enough about uh, my, my thoughts on, on this. Let's dive into Seneca's thoughts and see what he said and, 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 and pick it apart a bit because there's so much good stuff here. So like I read, you know, he kind of first gives us that quote from Epicurus talking about how we should cherish some person of higher character, uh, you know, some person who is kind of above us, right, who we can recognize that uh, not in terms of our value as a human being, but in terms of their character, they're miles ahead and that's where we want to be, right? And, uh, and so Seneca encourages us to take this advice. And uh, he, ha- he has a really interesting thing to say here. He says, we can get rid of most sins if we have a witness who stands near us when we are likely to go wrong. And we need to remember that the, the origin of the word sin uh, comes from word which means to miss the target, right? So it's an archery term, to miss the target, right? So uh, you're not going to miss the target in your life quite as much when you know that there's somebody who you are really trying to, to become or to, to emulate, right? Somebody who is higher than you, somebody who you can look up to. And, you, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of value in that idea that, you know, we need somebody uh, who, who we can measure ourselves against, right? Who every time we make a decision, we can think, would that person do it? And, and just because of their influence, of the kind of person who they are, right, uh, we are encouraged to not miss the mark, to, to aim higher, to dig deeper, right, to, to become more, to, to enable more of ourselves to... Uh, shine in the world. And, you know, I definitely can recognize in my own life that even though I still make mistakes, and even though I still miss the target often, and even though I'm still not the perfected being that I'm aiming at being, right, uh, I can still recognize that I would be so much farther behind in my progress if I didn't have the incredible people who I look up to in my life, uh, who I am trying to emulate. You know, whenever I'm about to make a decision, there are there are so many people in my life. I'm so fortunate to have these people who, uh, whether they're people who I'm learning from, like I said, you know, really learning from Jordan Peterson at the moment, whether it's somebody I'm learning from in the past, like Seneca, whether it's a family member, you know, I think of my brother, uh, you know, I, I think... I have these people here who encourage me to to bring forth a better side of myself, and it definitely helps me to stay on that straight and narrow path and to continue doing the things that I know would be best for me and for the people around me and, and hopefully for the world at large, right? And so I really want to encourage you to think about that in your own life. You know, who are the people who you look up to? Who are the people who you're trying to emulate? And how can you uh, develop a deeper internal relationship with those people where you can call upon them for wisdom in times of need, right? So anyway, Seneca goes on to say that the soul should have someone whom it can respect, one by whose authority it can make even its inner shrine more hallowed. And that's that's such poetic and beautiful words, but I think that one thing that really stands out to me there is respect, right? 
one thing that we have to think about, and, and this is something that I discussed recently with with one of my clients, we were talking about what it means to be a great man, you know, or, you know, or a great person in general, right? But there's something funny about humans. We're such strange and incredibly miraculous creatures that, you know, you cannot help but feel that feeling of, of respect or admiration when you're around somebody who is truly great. You might have only met them five minutes ago, but you you will change the way that you stand. You will change the way that you talk. You will change the way that you behave around a person, right? If you get that kind of unconscious sense of, of respect and admiration for them, just because of who they are and how they present themselves. It's absolutely amazing. We have such a sense within ourselves of, of, of what is worthy, what is admirable, what is honorable. And I think that it really requires us to, to de- well, it, 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 is, it is important for us to develop a greater understanding of that sense that we have within us. And to think about, you know, who are the people in your life who you respect? Who are the people who you admire, who you think are honorable? You truly do know deep down who these people are, but it requires a little bit of, of teasing out, right? A little bit of, of practice to, to actually get clear on who it is that you admire and, and what, what it is that you admire about them. So, I'd encourage you to have that conversation with yourself. What is a great person? What do they look like? You know, how do they speak? How do they hold themselves? Uh, what do they read? What do they learn? What do they what do they do with their life? You know, you want to think about that because that's what you want to become. There's no difference between what you admire in other people and what it is that you're aiming to become. It's the same thing, but you've got to merge those worlds and let them act with each other so that you can have kind of a double strength as you try to progress in your life. So anyway, Seneca goes on to make another interesting point. He says uh, that happy is the man who can make others better, not merely when he is in their company, but even when he is in their thoughts. And happy also is he who can so revere a man as to calm and regulate himself by calling him to mind. So again, this comes back to that idea that we're not only emulating other people uh, just so that we can benefit, but we're also doing this because... As I said earlier, we are part of this fabric of society and of humanity, right? It would only be an amazing and great thing for the world if you were to become so strong and such a great character uh, that other people would want to emulate you. You know, wouldn't that be such an amazing gift that you could give to the world if you could be somebody worth looking up to, somebody whose life is a picture of of honor and duty and 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 virtue, right? Now, of course, we all make mistakes, right? But but listen, we're trying to to grow here. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to expand our consciousness. We're trying to understand how to get through this life uh, with some sense of of meaning and, uh, and 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 flourishing, like the Stoics are seeking, right? And what is required for that is for us to all work together and to lift each other up. And so you want to be lifted by other people, right? And 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 for them, that's a great thing, right? It's 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 a beautiful thing to know that your influence is helping other people to lift themselves out of the states that they're in now into a better way of being. And then it's also so much fun and 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 such a beautiful gift that you can give to the world to emulate those people and then to be worthy of emulation. You know, that is a gift that you can give to the world. And I think that's such an important point that Seneca, Seneca brings up there. 
So one of the final points that Seneca makes, which I just think is is so important, is he says, you know, choose therefore a Cato, or if Cato seems too severe a model, choose some Laelius, a gentler spirit. And I'll go on record now as saying that I said a greater spirit earlier on in the episode, but let me correct that to gentler spirit. I think that this is this is kind of like what I was talking about before, right? Where we need to find somebody who is just enough like us that we we can see how we could become like them, right? You know, whether it's in terms of your personality similarities or whether it's your interest similarities or uh, the things that you're trying to achieve. Uh, you need to find somebody who is, is kind of like you, enough that you can see a pathway to becoming like them. And, uh, and, and that is just such an important point that he makes, and I'm so glad that he had the wisdom to make it. And, you know, I think this is really one of the main reasons why I'm so drawn to Seneca, uh, maybe even above some of the other Stoics, because uh, Seneca, in many ways, is exactly, you know, he lived the kind of life that I want to live. You know, we see him as a philosopher first, but he, hey, he was involved in politics and uh, he was an artist. You know, he used so many different literary techniques, including writing plays uh, to explore his consciousness and to see what was within him, what was within his soul. You know, so he had an artistic flair, a poetic flair about him. Uh, you know, he was a skilled speaker, an orator. You know, he, he, he had so many different things that he was uh, excellent at and he had such an interesting life. And despite the fact that his life is tarnished with kind of dubious activity, uh, I, I think that ultimately I see enough of myself within the character of Seneca that I think, you know, I could build a body of work over my life, whether it's with my music or whether it's with poetry or these podcasts or whatever I'm doing, I could build a body of work that allows me to uh, expand my understanding of what is within me and to to get a message across that I think would be valuable for the future generations to come, which is what Seneca was trying to do. And so uh, I see enough of myself within that the path to Seneca that I can say, yes, that's one that I could definitely walk. And, and though I might not gain everything that he had in terms of his material success or his, his fame or, you know, the influence that he has on the world after him, I might not gain that, but I'll at least come, uh, you know, closer than I am now to being like somebody who I think uh, was, was an absolute, uh, you know, sage among men. And I have to say that there was a period last year where I think I was really developing this kind of connection with Seneca's writings. And I was reading through his letters and, you know, I kept on reading these passages that just crushed me. You know, I'd read them and I'd think, man, I'm doing the opposite of that. And this is such wise advice. I know it's the best advice. I know Seneca would, would say that to me if he was here now watching what I'm doing. Why don't I take this advice? Why don't I finally, you, you know, start to develop a deeper connection to this character who I'm trying to emulate and start doing the things that he is suggesting? And as I have done that, it's it's been an incredible experience. I've noticed the benefits of impl- implementing the wisdom that Seneca shared. And, and that came from a deepening relationship that I was building uh, with the character of Seneca within my mind. You know, so it's so beneficial. And so anyway, I guess the last thing that I wanted to, uh, to uh, I guess, emphasize from Seneca's writing here is just the beautiful line at the end, which I think is, 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 is so perfect. He says, you can never straighten that which is crooked unless you use a ruler. And what I kind of take away from this is that 
it's important to remember that when you have a role model, you're not trying to be them. You're trying to be a more perfected version of you, right? And so they might be a little bit more straight in their character, right? You're just trying to stretch out and straighten out your character, right? Against the example of their character, right? And you could also think of it like this. Uh, I've definitely done this analogy in, in very, very old episodes from a few years ago. But, uh, you know, when I was growing up on, on the farm, uh, there were a few massive gum trees uh, down, in, down in the paddocks. And one of these gum trees over time had started growing wayward. It was uh, kind of on a really big angle. And uh, this gum tree uh, had grown over over many, many, many decades and now was just on a complete angle in, 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 the, uh, in the paddock. And I remember that when we planted a gum tree, uh, one of the best things that we done, did and one of the most important things we did was we planted next to that gum tree a stake in the ground and tied it to that stake, which enabled it to grow straight and strong in an upward direction and not to be tossed about by the wind, right? And just as that was necessary in order to help this newly planted gum tree to to grow in the right direction and to straighten itself out and to not be tossed about by the winds, which were definitely going to come, uh, it is also necessary for us human beings in our own lives, uh, you know, to gain the help of those people who who are worthy of emulation, to measure ourselves against them, to tie ourselves to them, right, and to tie ourselves to their example, uh, so that we can grow in the right direction. Direction and straighten ourselves against the example of their uh, more perfectly straightened characters. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've really enjoyed talking uh, about uh, you know this passage because it is so important and it has been uh, useful for me in my life. And I know that it, it probably already has been and will continue to be useful as, as, a, as a strategy and a principle in your own life as well. So anyway, I'll talk to you next time and, uh, and hope you've enjoyed this episode.